till mid-January. We won't take a break from church. We'll still have church and we'll still preach and teach the Bible, but just not this particular uh, lesson. But uh, Jesus this morning as the heir, the heir, that is the one who inherits. The Bible says in Hebrews 1, verse number 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as He hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Father, help us this morning to love Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, a little bit more. And we leave than we did when we came. Show us truth from Your Word, we ask. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Now, it's, it's curious truth in the Bible. We've covered it many, many times. And the Bible says there's one God, eternally existent as the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God the Father sent God the Son into the world to suffer and bleed and die to pay for all of our sins. Three days and three nights later, He rose from the dead. That resurrection of Jesus Christ is the fundamental truth upon which biblical Christianity rests. It is what we have that no other religion has. We serve a living Savior. He's in the world today. Up from the grave He arose. Other religions have their teachers and their prophets and their leaders, but all of their lives ended with their death. Jesus' life did not end with His death. That Jesus Christ would be appointed by the Father as the heir of all things underscores the idea that He is alive forevermore. I could not be the heir of all things. I could inherit possibly a father's estate or a grandfather's estate, but only until such time as I had to relinquish that and leave it to someone else. I could temporarily possess that which was left to me of my forefathers, but I could not be said to be the heir of all things." But if Jesus Christ the Lord is the inheritor of everything, then He must outlive everyone who has life. He must outdistance everyone who is running a race. He must stand when all others have fallen, and when there's no one left upon whom to bestow any blessing, when there's no one left to whom you might give anything, when you pass away, guess who remains to receive it all? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is everlasting life. He alone has everlasting life. Now, if you trust Him, He will let you be a partaker of His everlasting life. But everlasting life is not your possession, it is His. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. That's what Jesus said. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What do you have? You have Jesus Christ. So, 
men rise and men fall. Men live and men die. Men accumulate wealth and then sign it away to their their mistress or their wife or their son or their daughter or their favorite charity or their, their church, but then they're gone. And who is the recipient? Who is the heir? It is someone who is alive. So understand this morning, Whether you consider yourself a a Methodist or a Baptist or a Catholic or a Jew or a Muslim or a Hindu, whatever the case might be, what you hold in your hand, what is resting in your safe deposit box, what is printed on your little statement that you get from your financial institution each month, you are going to relinquish that. Someone one day will have all of your property and all of your possessions and then they will follow through the doors of death and they will follow through the doors of death and they will follow through the doors of death until finally the last man standing will claim it all. And the last man standing will be the Lord Jesus Christ. God has appointed him heir of all things, meaning God has ordained that his his son will outlast the Mohammedan. His son will outlast the Mormon. His son will outlast the Baptist. His son will outlast the atheist. His son will outlast the dictator. When everyone else has run their course, Jesus Christ will still say, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of hell and death. He's the heir of all things. That's all right with me. Galatians chapter number 4. Let's turn there. Galatians, the fourth chapter. Galatians chapter 4. The Bible says in verse number 3. Galatians 4, verse number 3. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, Made under the law. Look, Jesus didn't become the Son. God sent forth His Son. Jesus is eternal. He didn't begin in Bethlehem. It's not... I'm trying to be a good boy. If the day was December 25th, that's not the Lord's birthday. That's the day the one who had no birth came into the world to be born of a virgin. The Creator was manifest in the flesh. That's the day of His advent, the day when when the Son of God came to this earth and became the Son of Man. Okay, God sent forth His Son in the world, made a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. An heir of God through Christ. Now think about this. Before we rejoice in our inheritance, and we'll get to that in a second, let's be honest about it. If Jesus Christ is the heir of all things, strictly speaking, you don't have an inheritance. All you have is what Jesus loves you enough to, and I rarely use this word, loves you enough to share with you. 
He's not going to give it to you. It's still His. He's going to allow you to partake of what belongs to Him. He's going to allow you to participate in what belongs to Him. People say, well, I just believe we should share the wealth. But they don't share the wealth. They take it from one and give it to another. That's not sharing. Sharing is when I let you possess or let you enjoy or let you use what is still mine. That's sharing. What the Lord is going to do, He is going to give His Son, Jesus Christ, everything... And then Jesus, who loves you so much, will say, Why don't you sit with me in my throne? Why don't you reign with me in my kingdom? Why don't you live forever through the power of my endless life? Why don't you stand justified before God through my righteousness? You understand? I I mean, technically speaking... We are heirs of God, but the inheritance is not ours. The inheritance belongs to Jesus Christ. He just loves us so much, He allows us to to partake of His inheritance. It's an amazing thing. Now, as I've said many times before, we try to use use illustrations from, from everyday life to make sense of these things, but our society is so messed up that even the illustrations fail. But you have no doubt been to a wedding, or been in a wedding, or been to several weddings, or been in several weddings, and, and, and you, have, you have heard words along these lines. Some guy who can't read modern English is quoting Elizabethan English. And he says, with this ring I do betroth thee. He don't even know what a troth is, much less a betroth. To thee I pledge my troth. Really? Where, where is it, in the garage? <laughs> you, you park it out front? Go get your troth, I want to see it. But then they'll say something like, I, I, and I, I promise to this, and I promise to that, and I promise to the other, and, and to thee, and all my earthly goods to thee endow. Now that's a fancy way of saying, you just, get, you just became a co-signer on my bank account. That became a fancy way of saying, if this doesn't work, you can get the house, because your name's on it now. Okay, here's what we're saying. When that woman comes to that marriage and she's got $2 million in the bank. Okay? And the guy she's marrying, who's 40 years younger than her, says, (laughs) till death do us part, what, what she is saying, My two million dollars will become yours to enjoy because you are my husband. Okay, fair enough. When the guy with the, you know, the the gigantic offshore investments and the the $200,000 sports car and the $8,000 square foot house, when they wheel him up to the altar in his wheelchair and the model comes walking down the aisle. It might be true love. Who are you to judge? (laughs) But the minute he says, I do, 
He has given her the right of access to enjoy what belongs to him. Okay, fair enough? So here I am. I'm the orphan child with no shoes and no home and no money. And the Lord of glory wants to adopt me into his family. Here I am, the guy that can't get a girl, the girl that can't get a guy, you know, the whole Cinderella story, and the Lord wants to make me part of the bride of Christ. Now, do you understand? It's all His. Everything that is made belongs to Him. The things invisible, the things invisible, the things present, the things to come, they all belong to Jesus Christ. But the moment you trust Him as your Savior, He gives you full right of access to enjoy what is His. That's incredible. So what we want to do is not leave here today saying, I'm an heir. We want to leave here today rejoicing in the heir, Jesus Christ. It's not mine, it's His. And I get to enjoy it because He loved me. You get to enjoy it because He loved you. And, and what, a, what an amazing thing that is to spend some time thinking about and meditating upon. So, come to Romans 8 and 1 Peter chapter number 1. Romans 8 and 1 Peter... Chapter number 1, Romans 8, 1 Peter 1. Bible says, Romans 8, verse number 16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Itself is the proper rendering there. Spirit is not male or female. It's not, a, it's not a slight to the Holy Spirit. Spirit itself bear witness to our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. How about that? Are you a child of God right now? As a child of God, you inherit what His Son inherits. We are joint, see, together, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And what the Lord has asked us to do in Romans chapter 8 is take everything that we suffer in this life. Disappointment, hardship, misunderstanding, persecution, broken bodies. All, take all of that and compare it to your inheritance. Now here's the amazing thing. Only your inheritance in Jesus Christ is worth comparing to the suffering of this present time. Suppose, now just, just think about it. Suppose, and I, I'm not trying to be mean. I've seen some things in my day. You, you have no idea what a pastor sees. I, I, have, I have sat in the room in a nursing home. I have sat in a chair beside a woman who was dying. 
and watched her grown children fight over her possessions, she's not even dead yet. She's laying there in the bed listening to you argue about who gets this and who gets that and who took the best care of her and who was there the most times. And, and, and can, you, can you step out in the hall? It's like the vultures are all circling and the poor thing's still kicking. I don't mean to be rude, but it, th- those things happen. Now, suppose, suppose this morning, this aunt that you care nothing about, this aunt that you never liked anyway, you found out she's going to leave you $500,000. And you go to the doctor tomorrow and find out you've got terminal cancer. You're not going to live long enough to enjoy that inheritance. I mean, just, just think about it. Somebody, they, they, somebody's going to win some, some big giant lottery here this week. Somewhere, somebody's going to win a lottery. Well, how do you know you're not going to get hit by a truck on your way to collect it? But now, now look, if God has first given you everlasting life, and then made you a joint heir with Jesus Christ? The reason your inheritance in Christ is what you want to compare your present sufferings to is that inheritance will be enjoyed forever and forever and forever and forever. How about that? I was, I was looking last night. I'm, I, just, I just was. Nothing particular going wrong. I, just, I was looking last night at a real estate brochure from the Florida Keys. And there's a guy down there, he has a key. He owns a key. Halfway from the string of keys and the reef, it sits out there, and he's got a big house on it with a boat dock and a helicopter landing pad on this key. And the thing was only like $5.7 million. It was a steal. And I thought, that'd be nice to have. If, I mean, if you could afford that, you could afford the taxes. Be a nice thing to have. But sure as the world, you'd get it. And then two weeks later, hurricane come, take it off the map. Or you said, well, this is great. I can dive right off my own back porch out here. And you get in the water and a you know, shark eats you or something. Right? Look, whatever you get in this life, you know it's temporary. Whatever you say, well, you know, things may be bad, but I've got that to look forward to. It might not be there when you get there. You might not get there. But when you're brokenhearted and when you're hurting in your body and when your life is fading away and when troubles come, if you compare that to God the Father giving everything to God the Son, God the Son giving you everlasting life, And then God the Son saying, everything that's mine, it's yours as well. That sure gets you through. Whatever it is you've got to get through between here and seeing Jesus face to face. There's nothing like being a Christian. There's nothing like knowing the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter number 1, so you wouldn't really, I mean, you're pastor church here. You wouldn't go down there and live in one of those 
millionaire houses in the Keys. If I could afford that house, I could fly up here every Sunday in my helicopter and <laughs> and preach. <It'd> be... <laughs> First, First Peter chapter one. All the fellowships, just come on over. Come on over for fellowship. I'm not big on the Christmas thing, but if you want to get me something. <laughs> a little, a little home away from home. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again. You've been born again? Praise the Lord. Unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, religion's hope ends at the grave. Our hope doesn't end at the grave because the one who is our hope rose from the dead. To an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away. Okay, stop right there. If you, tomorrow, if you find out, Brother Jake calls you, said, I need you to come down to the office. You come down to the office, and you find out somebody you never met, somebody you never knew, they were so happy that you gave them a gospel tract at a Christmas parade that they went and changed their will, and then this week, heart attack, they were gone, and you just inherited $100,000. Do you know what? Chances are pretty good that would begin to fade away as soon as you got it. Chances are pretty good corruption would begin to eat away at that, at that sum of money faster than you believed. You know, if you never had $100,000, I mean, take it from me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Andy said we would. <laughs> Listen. It doesn't matter how much money you got. You can blow it. Do you know in 1969, just, just, everybody comes from a different background. In 1969, the Beatles broke up. In 1971, all four of them were bankrupt. Michael Jackson died. 40, 50, 60, some million dollars in debt. Look, it doesn't matter how much you make. You can spend it. You can be conned out of it. You can misproperly invest it. Our inheritance fadeth not away because it is never placed in our keeping. It remains in the keeping of Jesus Christ. It is never given to us. We are joint heirs. He manages the account. He handles the fortune. It's not going to fade away. It's not going to be corrupted. You're not going to blow it. He's not going to let you. Our fortune isn't handled by Madoff. It's handled by the Son of God. Praise the Lord. But now, now here, i got to show you this. Verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved, say it, in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, 
ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptation. So, what do we have down here? Heaviness. What do we have down here? Temptation. What do we have down here? Trial. Well, when do I get all this good stuff? When you get to heaven. Our inheritance, look, why would our inheritance be down here? You can't stay here. Why would our inheritance be in things on this earth when the earth is going to be destroyed? Our inheritance is reserved for us in the place where nothing dies. In the place where nothing is diminished. In the place where nothing is tarnished or defiled by sin. It's reserved in heaven for us. My prayer since I got saved as an individual and as a minister has been... Sincerely, I, sincerely, I pray, I ask the Lord to give me all the money He can trust me with. I, I don't, as an individual, I don't want to earn any more money than, than I can handle without being corrupted. As a church, I don't want any more money coming in here than we can use properly for the honor and glory of God. I want to start blowing money on junk just because we've got it. Okay? But let's, let's be honest about it. Which of us could say that a windfall inheritance this month would not result in my being out of church next month? Which of us could say that money and what it buys and what it, the opportunities it affords me and the circles it allows me to run in would not rob me of my relationship to Jesus Christ and to His church. I can't say that. You can't say that. The love of money is the root of all evil. If just coveting and wanting money has ruined so many lives, what would having it do? So you know what the Lord did? He put our inheritance in reserve in a place where we cannot have it until our hearts are pure. Where we cannot have it until our mind is made like Jesus Christ. It is only after we are glorified and all the trace and effect of sin is gone from our lives, then the Lord will allow us to have our inheritance so that it doesn't corrupt us and we don't corrupt it. We can actually enjoy it. Oh, the wisdom of God. I've got an inheritance. Well, Lord, I want it. I want it. I'm suffering. Life's hard. It's difficult. No, if I gave it to you now, it just might be the end of our relationship. It just might be the end of your service for me. I might not hear you pray for years. So I'm going to keep you dependent on me and keep you suffering and, and watch and help you as you go through the trials of life. And I just want you to know, that when you are made like Christ, then everything I've given my son, he will share with you as a joint heir, and you can enjoy it together. How about that? God in his wisdom. Not only does he have what's best for us, he's going to give it to us at the very best time. Who remembers... Mm. Trying. Who, who remembers opening the presents and you couldn't be happier 
after you open that box until your brother opened that box. And all of a sudden, the greatest joy I ever knew turned to sorrow because I wanted what he got more than what I got. You come out of the out of the house on Christmas morning with your brand new bike, and somebody else got one with five more speeds than yours had. Right? Look, whatever you get in this life, somebody's got one that's faster. Somebody's got one that does more things. Somebody's got one that tell the truth. Royce and I know a man, oh, I witnessed that man plead with him to get saved. I don't think he ever did. I hope he did. I wish he did. But he used, he used to brag about being the richest man in the county. That's a true story. And another man on the east side of the county, he bought a $180,000 Bentley automobile and drove it out, drove it out and around. When this man saw it, this true, I'm not, this true story. This man saw it. He went to the dealer. He said, I want the exact same car. And I'm going to pay you $1 more than he paid. So that nobody will say that somebody has a car that costs more than my car. Now here's a guy driving a car that costs more than my home, my automobiles, my life savings more than I've not hundred and eighty thousand bucks for a car? Really? I, I, I cut out I cut out pictures of uh, of Hyundai ornaments. And I, I pasted them on his hood ornament and on his hubcaps over the B for the for the Bentley. He come walking in and he said, Where's Knox? Somehow he knew it was me. <laughs> I was trying to witness to him one time. He said, He said, What well, I need your God for? He said, I have I have a master bedroom in just one of my houses that's bigger than your whole house. What he said. But you know what? He's gone. Somebody else got his airplane now. Somebody else has his house now. Somebody else got his Bentley now. Somebody, right? He, he gave, was bragging one day about he gave a bunch of money to Stetson. They're going to put his wife's name on a building. And, and they we're going to have the big unveiling on a Friday. And I called him up on Thursday. And I said, I called him. I said, I said, man, you better get down there fast. He said, what? I said, they misspelled her name. <laughs> he said, are you kidding me? I said, you better go look. Well, they hadn't, but it's... Fun to get a rise out of him. You know what? That man, he, he was wealthy, and he earned it. He didn't... He wasn't, you know, a drug dealer or anything. He earned it. But it's gone now. And if he wasn't saved, if he didn't trust Jesus Christ as Savior, the best days he ever had ended up hospital hospice, gasping for breath, gone. Wake up in hell. If you're saved, the worst, day, the worst days you'll ever experience, right down here. 
and then absent from the body, present with the Lord. Never sick again, never hurting again, never sorrowing again, never crying again. I'm glad my inheritance is not here. I'm not staying here. I'm glad my inheritance is reserved in a place where I'll live forever. Thanks be to God. All right, one more stop. Luke chapter number 20. Luke chapter 20. And it's all because I know the heir. Luke 20. Luke chapter 20, verse number 9. Luke 20, verse 9. Then began he to speak to the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and led it forth to husbandmen and went into a far country for a long time. And at the season he sent a servant to the husbandmen and they, that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyard. But the husbandmen beat him and sent him away empty. And again he sent another servant... And they beat him also, and treated him shamefully, and sent him away empty. And again he sent a third, and they wounded him also, and cast him out. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be they will reverence him when they see him. When the husbandmen saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Okay, now stop. What we face as we witness to society, what we face as we look in on religious television and see what's in religious bookstores and hear what's being set forth uh, from most pulpits, this world is full of people who want the inheritance. They don't want the air. They want everything God has to give, but they don't want Jesus Christ. And they imagine they can kick out Jesus Christ and have peace in their heart. They can kick out Jesus Christ and have this world be a wonderful place to live. They can kick out Jesus Christ and somehow figure out a a drug or a psychology that will make people stop killing and stealing and lying and cheating. and, And let's get rid of the heir and then the inheritance will be ours. What's the Bible say? Verse number 16, He, the Lord of the vineyard, shall come and destroy these husbandmen and shall give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, God forbid. And he beheld them and said, What is then this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, will grind him to powder. And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him, and they feared the people. For they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. Okay, so here's how it works. The chief thing is not the inheritance. It's the heir. Because no matter what you try, if you don't reverence the heir, you do not get the inheritance. You can't have eternal life unless you get it from Jesus Christ. You can't have joy everlasting unless you get it from Jesus Christ. You can't have a home in heaven unless you get it from Jesus Christ. The heir is more important than the inheritance. 
You cannot seize upon the inheritance. You can only become a joint heir through reverencing and receiving the heir, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, if you're here this morning by, by some chance, and you want to go to heaven, but you're not so sure about Jesus, you can't have one without the other. You're looking for some happiness and joy in your life. You're looking for some hope for your future. But that Jesus thing, that's not for you. You can't have one without the other. The inheritance belongs to the heir. If you'll receive the heir, God will make you a joint heir. But without the heir, destruction. You get nothing. So, I... I don't know what you're hoping for in this life. But the richest man who ever lived, Solomon. You ought to read Ecclesiastes sometime. You like music? He hired orchestra. You like fruit? He planted vast vineyards and, and orchards. I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever you have, he had more. Whatever you've tried, he tried more. Solomon said... I've seen a great evil under the sun. I've seen a man with enough money to have anything in the world he wanted who was in such poor health he didn't want anything but to get well. Why do I want my inheritance in a body that's going to lose its ability to eat, to sleep, to walk, to enjoy life? I don't want it here. I'm going to get it where I can enjoy it forever. And if the sufferings of this present time pile up and pile up and pile up, I can take them all with this certain knowledge. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Paul, what's his name over there? I can't remember his name. But a guy in England. Prince. The, the, he's, he's in line for the throne. What's his name? Charles. Prince Charles. No, yeah, wait, forget William, man. Charles Charles is next. Oh, Prince Charles, man, he's 30. I'm going to be king. He's 40. I'm going to be king. He's 50. I'm going to be king. He's 60. I'm going to be king. He probably gets up every morning and says, Is mom ever going to die? <laughs> By the time he gets on that throne, what can he do? You know something? This world, man, people in this world, they just keep saying, one day I'm going to strike it rich. One day I'm going to hit the big time. One day things are going to get better. One day it's all going to turn around. One day my ship's going to come in, and then you die. I'm not trying, look, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm going to be positive. Get saved, have eternal life, view every trouble and trial that comes your way for what it is, a temporary inconvenience on your way to the greatest inheritance anybody's ever received through Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, thank you.